Accessible Art History, the podcast, Season 11. As mentioned in the trailer, this season will focus solely on women artists. Too often, they've been relegated to the sidelines of art and history. So, I want to feature them and teach you about how they overcame adversity to change the world around them. All images and sources will be in the associated blog post linked in the description details. Make sure to follow at accessible.art.history on Instagram for all updates. So, without further ado, let's get started. In today's episode, I'm moving into the Impressionist period with Mary Cassatt. This period in art history was known for breaking the established norm and therefore was an excellent opportunity for women artists to make their place on a new frontier. Best known for her portraits of women and children, Cassatt was so much more. So to learn more about her, keep on listening. Mary Cassatt was born on May 22, 1844 in Allegheny City, Pennsylvania. This city was later incorporated into Pittsburgh. Her family was extremely well off. Her father, Robert Simpson Cassatt, worked as a stockbroker and land speculator. Her mother, Catherine Kelso Johnson, was from a family of prominent bankers. Due to her own family's wealth, Catherine was well-educated and sought to offer her children the same opportunities. Cassatt was one of seven children, although two of her siblings did die in infancy. When Cassatt was young, the family moved to Pennsylvania. Due to her parents' wealth, she was able to travel abroad starting at a young age. Cassatt visited London, Paris, and Berlin to learn about art, history, and languages. In 1855, she was in Paris for the World Expo. It was here she was exposed to the art of the great French masters, like Jean-Auguste Dominique Ang, Eugène Delacroix, Camille Corot, and Gustave Courbet. This cemented her passion for art, and she decided to pursue the subject professionally. Despite her family's objections, Cassatt enrolled at the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts to study painting when she was 15 years old. Apparently, part of her concerns had to do with the fact that the school would expose her to the, quote, bohemian lifestyles and ideas about equality for women. Technically, you could say that their concerns were valid because Cassatt was heavily involved in female advocacy. She continued school throughout the Civil War, determined to make art her career. Unfortunately, the academy was not all it was chalked up to be. Male teachers and students were patronizing, and female students weren't allowed to use live models. So Cassatt made the brave decision to leave school and study abroad from the works of the old masters, and perhaps with some of the current artists working in Paris. In 1866, she arrived there with her mother, who was acting as a chaperone. She applied to work with some of the artists who taught at the École des Beaux-Arts because the school didn't accept women as students. Cassatt was accepted to study under the history and academic painter Jean-Léon Jérôme, who was known for painting history and mythological scenes with a sense of hyper-realism. She would also spend time in the Louvre. Using Paris as her home base, Cassatt also traveled around Europe to gain new perspectives and knowledge. London, Rome, and Madrid all taught her something new. In 1868, her work, A Mandolin Player, was accepted by the Paris Salon, the official art exposition of the Académie des Beaux-Arts. As one of her early paintings, it leans more towards the Romantic style, with its sense of realism and use of tenebrism. Unfortunately, it is one of the few surviving works from early in her career so art historians don't have much to analyze and compare it to. Cassatt was one of two American women in the show, the first time in history that this happened. It was a high honor and set the stage for more female achievement in the arts. In fact, it could be indicative of a greater shift in art that was brewing. In the summer of 1870, Cassatt moved back to America to avoid the Franco-Prussian War. It soon became clear that her family still didn't support her artistic endeavors, as they offered only to pay for her living expenses and none of her art supplies. In fact, she wrote in a letter, quote, I have given up my studio and torn up my father's portrait and have not touched a brush for six weeks, nor ever will again, 
until I see some prospect of getting back to Europe. I'm very anxious to go out west next fall and get some employment, but I have not decided yet where. End quote. Thankfully, her fortunes turned. In 1871, Catholic Bishop Michael Dominic of Pittsburgh commissioned her to travel to Parma to paint two copies of works by Correggio. The money he advanced her was enough to cover her travel expenses, and Cassatt happily returned to her beloved Europe. Next, I'm going to continue my discussion on Cassatt's training in Europe, but first, let's take a quick break. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, now that we're back, let's learn about Cassatt's return to Europe. She spent eight months in Parma before moving on to Spain, Belgium, and Holland to study and copy works of Diego Velasquez, Peter Paul Rubens, and Franz Halls. Finally, in 1874, she moved permanently to Paris. It was at this time she was able to start showing consistently in the salons, making a name for herself in the city's artistic circles. In 1877, her family joined her, finally seeming to support her career choices. Her father rented out a large apartment, and she was reunited with her beloved sister, Lydia. Neither girl married, because Cassatt believed it would have had a negative impact on her career, so the sisters leaned on each other as companions. The same year that her family moved to Paris, Cassatt was introduced to Impressionist painter Edgar Degas. The two hit it off, and he invited her to join a new radical group of artists called the Impressionists. She was the only American in the group, and she showed her work at four of their eight shows in 1879, 1880, 1881, and 1886. From these new colleagues, Cassatt learned to utilize light and color in a way she never had before. Degas served as her advisor and teacher, encouraging her to try new techniques and offering her advice on how to make her art the best it could be. It was at this time we see her famous works of her family, especially of Lydia, the opera, Mothers and Children, and the theaters develop. Later in her career, she would dabble in post-impressionism, especially through the influence of Japanese prints. Today, her paintings are beloved for their tenderness, warmth, and realistic depiction of human emotion. Cassatt was more than a painter, though. She was a constant and outspoken advocate for women's rights. She fought for women to have the right to vote and for them to receive the same kind of travel grants allotted to male art students. Many historians classify her as an example of the, quote, new woman. This is for a few reasons. The first is she has a successful career as an artist. Cassatt was not bound to her home, taking care of children or running a household. She was working outside with men and was renowned for her skills. The second is that she never married, as I mentioned earlier. Cassatt was highly educated and saw marriage as a hindrance rather than an advantage. She showcased this in her works, showing women as powerful in their own domains. This is something that did bring her into conflict with her family, though. For example, her sister-in-law, Eugenie Carter Cassatt, was an anti-suffragette and sold off the works that Mary had given her as a gift for their nieces and nephews' inheritances. The 1890s and early 1900s were a prolific time period for Cassatt. She painted eagerly and experimented with different techniques. 
Oddly, for someone so impacted by the Impressionist movement, she was not a fan of the later post-Impressionism, Fauvism, and Cubism ones. By 1914, Cassatt had to stop painting altogether, as she had gone almost completely blind due to cataracts. She had also developed diabetes and rheumatism. Mary Cassatt died on June 14, 1926, and was buried in her family vault. Today, she is remembered as a trailblazer who always fought for her right to pursue her dreams. Although she is best known for her tender mother and child paintings, Mary Cassatt was so much more. She was a suffragette, sister, and academic who sought to forge a career in a male-dominated world. Make sure to tune in next week when I'm discussing the amazing life and works of sculptor Edmonia Lewis. Thank you for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. New episodes will premiere each Monday, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a rate and review. Make sure you follow Accessible Art History on Instagram at accessible.art.history for all updates and daily art of the day posts. See you next time.